Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 46 of the Debt Free Dad podcast. You know, when it comes to expenses, food is one of the costliest items in the budget, and not just groceries. We're talking also going out to eat. In fact, most people admit that going out to eat and getting takeout, whether it be food or drink, is actually one of the areas that they overspend the most. So today, I've got a special guest on the show to talk about the importance of meal planning, and and really not just to save you money, but also to improve your health. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast, where we're helping normal, everyday people learn how to save money and kick debt so they can live a happier and stress-free life. Now here's your host, Debt-Free Dad, Brad Nelson. Hey, 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 how's everyone doing today? You can find me on Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, or Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson, Debt-Free Dad, and I would love to connect with you. And welcome to today's show. And, you know, seriously, I appreciate you taking some time and hanging out with us here as we talk about this important topic. And, you know, I say a lot, you know, money and personal finance has a ripple effect. You know, money and personal finance is going to affect a lot of different areas in your life and other areas of your life are also going to affect your finances. So we're going to kind of go a little off page today and not talk specifically about money, but also talk about a big area that affects your money, which is uh, meal planning. So uh, today, as I said, you know, saving money and eating healthier, I mean, meal planning is going to be a big part of that. And today I brought on a special guest, Jess Kummerlin. He's joining us and Jess is an optimal family health guide and he helps families with eating healthy, nutritious meals every day of the week. Check this out, guys, within a hectic schedule. And I know a lot of us live that kind of life. He is a father of two amazing kids and a husband to an incredible wife, and his family loves to travel and are currently living in Lisbon, Portugal, which is super cool, and I'm glad we could get connected like this, and they're going to be living there for the next couple of years. So, Jess, hey, man, welcome to the show, and you know, thanks for taking some time to hang out with me and our audience and to share some of your knowledge, man. No, Brad, thank you so much for, you know, inviting me to be on your podcast. Super excited to jam about health and food and all these things because I love to geek out on that stuff. So again, thanks for having me and super excited for what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, awesome. We just recently became uh, Facebook friends. Jess and I actually got connected through a coaching program that we're both involved in. And uh, I, I recently became friends with him on Facebook and he's sharing some really good stuff. So I'm excited for him to be on here today. And uh, I, I think he's going to serve a lot of you pretty well. So Jess, let's start out with this. I think, you know, when it comes to the financial world and the financial industry and and the food world and the food industry, I think uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And, you know, I think in the past, you know, probably 10 years or so, a lot of that misinformation, especially in the food industry, has come to light. You know, you look at some of these documentaries and more information is just being put out there about what actually are you buying and what are you putting into your body. But you guys teach and talk about this method called like the four jars framework. Can you explain? what that is and what makes a good balanced diet? Because I think there's probably some people out there that are confused about what should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? And and that's really kind of the basis of how we need to start meal planning based on, you know, how, how you want to physically be. Do you want to get healthier? What are some things I need to think about? Yeah. So two great questions there. Um, and we'll answer that. But before we get into that, I think one thing to understand, and I think we all understand it as adults and we've heard this before, but Food is a medicine to our body, you know, and we learned that as kids, like we eat food because it heals our body. We eat food because it helps facilitate energy. We eat food because literally it is the foundation to our health. 
And somewhere along the line, as we get adults and we get jobs and all these things, like we, we forget this. And then, you know, we're marketed in a way where it's like a pill or a shake or this new way of eating where you restrict like food categories is the next best, best thing that's going to get you to the fast track of health. But the key is no shortcuts is food is the medicine to your body. And that's the first place we need to start. Okay. I love that. Now, Forge Arts framework is what we call uh, at our company, Nutritional Fitness. Um, it's, it is the one framework that an individual needs to understand how to have optimal core health. And by optimal core health, I mean weight down, energy up, vitality uh, increased. And the Forge Arts framework goes to, um, it's based in science. And my partner, Belden Combe, he's a cellular biologist. And he studied the body for over now 15 years. And he learned that the body, you, me, everyone on this planet, our kids, they need 90 plus nutrients on a daily basis. Wow. 90 plus nutrients. And that's crazy to think about. Like, wow, 90 nutrients? Like, how, I wonder how much I'm getting per day. Yeah, right. right. How, how much are my kids getting? Yeah. Like, I don't even know. But what the four jars framework does is it makes it easy. So you're not tracking 90 things in a day, which would be overwhelming. But actually, if you can identify and organize food into four jars, that's why we call it the four jars, and get food from those four jars, then this ensures that both you and your family get those 90, 90 plus nutrients a day. So everyone can both survive and thrive on a daily basis. Yeah. That's, I, I like that you put it in four jars because I think 90, it's like I can just imagine myself going to the grocery store and trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to get all 90 of these? And then you got all of this stuff out there. So you guys just keep it real simple and say, you're pulling from these areas. Yeah, I think the whole point is we, we're unconventional in a sense is that we loathe complexity. You know, if there are more than, you know, six steps and you have to track this to like the like to the gram or milliliter, like those are things that, you know, are just going to set people up for failure. Yeah. Right. But if you have a clear and easy way to look at food and say, okay, I know everyone in my family's body needs 90 plus nutrients. And if I'm just able to identify food into these four jars and pull from these four jars, then that's all I have to focus on. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Can you can you share a little bit, you know, obviously if you're getting these 90 plus nutrients that your body needs, can you share a little bit about your opinion and your thoughts on on fatigue cuz you know, I know mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of people that I work with when it comes to their personal finances and and what I'm hearing is, you know, I know I really need to work on this stuff, but by the time I get home from work and by the time I get everything taken care of and by the time I get the other responsibilities done, you know, I'm just wiped out. I'm tired. I don't have time or energy to put my, uh, to put any time into my finances. Um, how much does your diet contribute to the energy and maybe the fatigue that you're experiencing? And, and if you change that, could you actually maybe spend some more times on, on the things that you want to do and need to do? Yeah. I'm going to say a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, energy, um, and we'll get a little sciency, but we won't get too complex. I promise, guys. So the energy currency in your body is called ATP, and it's called adrenaline triphosphate. And energy in the body is something we don't consume outside, and then it's produced in our body. It is actually already exists in all of our cells as ATP. 
the energy currency. And when we do need energy, ATP literally explodes and produces that energy that supplies us what we need when we need to do something. But when ATP explodes, it becomes ADP, adrenaline diphosphate. And ADP um, needs to be recharged so they can turn back into ATP, and ATP then can explode to give you that consistent energy. But one thing that's marketed today is like, well, if you drink this, if you eat this, this will give you energy. And it's unfortunate, but anything that we eat is not going to give us energy. But what we eat, and more specifically, the balance of how we eat food produces an environment in our cells that allows that recharge to happen more readily. Okay. And if you're getting consistently the things that your body needs, then the environment in your cells becomes an environment where, well, once ATP fires and becomes ADP, well, then it recharges to ATP. So then now you have this consistent stream of energy throughout the whole day where you don't have the you know fight in the morning to get out of bed, or you don't have that 10 o'clock slump, or some people say it's the afternoon slump, yeah. or the pure exhaustion when you get home. You're like, I, I, I'm just spent. I have no mental or physical energy for the most important people in my life. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So let's talk a little bit. Let's kind of turn more to the, the practice of meal planning. And, and I actually, I pulled my roots community group. I've got almost about a little over 400 people in that group right now. And, and I asked them, I said, you know, what, what do you guys struggle with the most when it comes to uh, meal planning and, and planning more meals at home? And uh, the top two answers, uh, the first one actually kind of shocked me. The first one was they don't know what to make, which I, which I thought was a little shocking considering all of the websites and the information that's out there for recipes and things, right? But I'm sure it kind of goes along with the lines of what is the right things to make to you know make sure I'm healthy and uh, even if you're a picky eater, things like that. And the second one didn't surprise me all that much was time. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of dissect those two big ones. But when it comes to meal planning, what are some of the best practices uh, when you're getting started with with this? I think in terms of meal planning is I mean, I think people are going to say, well, that's very, very simplistic, Jess. But some of the most powerful things on the planet are simple things. Right. But the most important thing about meal planning is making a plan in advance. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> right. How often have we tried to meal plan on a Tuesday night when kids are coming through the door, when something is wrong in the house or I mean, all the things that can happen in the middle of the week that we just never expect. Right. And trying to create a meal plan where it's one healthy, but two tastes good in the midst of trying to juggle all these other things. I mean, that's just a recipe for success. No pun intended. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. But it's that idea of, okay, if meal planning is something you want to do, being intentional and and saying, I'm going to make a plan in advance. So say devoting, you know, five to 20 minutes on the weekend, whether that's a Saturday or Sunday and say, great, like, what's this week look like? Okay. What do we want to cook? Right. And when are the days are we going to shop for it? When are the days we're going to cook it? And most especially is sometimes we forget this is when are we going to take days off, which is so important because then it's not that overwhelmed, but it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to shop this day. We're going to actually cook the food on these days. 
And then on these other days, we're actually just going to take off where we're leveraging leftovers, we're ordering in, we're going out. But just by creating that simple plan before the week starts, there's this clarity and like, okay, yeah, that day I'm going to go shopping. That day we're going to cook. That day we're actually going to take off. Well, how exciting is that to be like, well, yeah, Wednesday we're going to take off and we're going to order in from our favorite restaurant or we're going to go out and explore and find something new. Yeah, I right? love that. I love that because it's, I say it all the time, but like meal planning, eating healthy, eating more at home, like it, it relates so well to personal finance because it's the same thing like with budgeting your money. It's like you you just have to take time out and just be intentional and, and just have a plan for it. And that's that's where most people fail right there is they just don't take that that initial time. So so let's talk about time because I think that's yep. one of the biggest excuses that people use on why they don't meal plan, why they don't budget, why they don't work on some of this stuff that, that ultimately is going to help them improve their life. But what would you say? I mean, you've been doing this a long time and what would you say on average, how much time realistically, and I know probably you need a little bit more time up front as you kind of get started, but as you kind of get good at it, like realistically, how much time are you spending actually meal planning every week for your family? Um, I mean, caveat here is I have been doing this a long time, but I think meal planning itself, just, you know, planning when I'm going to shop, planning what we're going to cook that week. And just that planning aspect takes me probably 15 minutes tops a yeah. week. So, and then compared to like when you first started, you think, well, I mean, to be honest with you, when I first started, I didn't have all the tools and frameworks that I experimented and, (laughs) and, you know, now we've built, but, um, you know, yeah, it did take a little more time in the beginning, like an hour, maybe a little over because I was researching like what to buy and what recipes and all these things, which now I think it's much easier once you understand, okay, the four jars, And then once you understand your preferences, I think this is a big thing that people oftentimes forget is, well, what do you enjoy eating as a family? Because if you're going to the store and buying things that are on sale and trying to create meals off that, I think that's another recipe for disaster because if it doesn't turn out well, it's like, well, look what happens when we try to cook something healthy. Like it turns out bad when really starting with your preferences as a family right? Like, Oh, we really enjoy chicken. We didn't really enjoy chicken wings or we enjoy burgers. And then reversing from that point and say, well, okay, if we like burgers, like we like hamburger, what recipes can we make from hamburger? Right. And then great from that, that creates our grocery list. And that path becomes much more enjoyable one, but it becomes easier because like, this is what we like. What are the recipes? Right. And then that leads to the grocery list that, and this speeds up that process of planning and time. So yeah, totally agree. I think, I think that's the key. My wife and I right now on our family, we're on like over a six month span of not eating out. Like we're on like this no spend challenge on eating out right now. And I think that's the thing that's helped us is not to get off track is that we've made food and I can't guarantee it's in part of these four jars. I'm just going to tell you that, (laughs) but, but we've picked, I mean, we, 90% 90% of the stuff we're making is, is healthy, right? But there's the 10% that's the bad stuff. But we pick stuff that we like, right? And I think that's the thing. Like, we're not trying things like, that doesn't sound good. Why am I even going to cook that, right? We And that, that makes it more fun to make because, you know, it's like, hey, this is going to be really good. And you kind of mentioned some tools and resources, and you're actually going to have a resource coming up at the end of the show. So, guys, stay tuned because Jess is going to give you some stuff uh, that's going to help you kind of put some of this stuff together here. So uh, stay tuned for that. But what about when it comes to like we're all about personal finance here, helping people with their their money. What if you know? 
I make an average income. I want to eat healthier. Like, how can I shop to match my budget? Like, what what do you recommend in that situation? Because I'm sure you work with people who have, you know, tighter budgets and, and maybe not have a ton of financial resources to work with. So, so what would they do? Um, I think one thing is clarity on what to buy. I think that's the biggest challenge. And if you don't have clarity on what to buy that you know is going to have an impact on your family's health, but also does taste good, then it goes into this idea, well, what should I buy? Well, I've heard organic is good, so we should buy that. I hear superfoods are good, so we should buy that. Um, I hear like plant-based foods, like we need to go buy that. Or whole, I mean, there's like just list of tag word upon tag word of food marketing terms where we're just bombarded daily. It's like, oh yeah, like I should get those because I heard they're healthy and they're good. But if you know what to buy in terms of just simple food, right? And this is the food that's biologically created to work well with our bodies, right? Then it really reduces that extra money spent on things that actually don't move the needle in terms of your health, but also in terms of taste, right? Because um, although you might think, well, oh, these taste really good. If you were to turn around those food items and look at the ingredients label, I would probably guarantee you that you might not know half of those things that are on the back of those labels. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the whole label thing. And yeah. And that leads us kind of into our next question because we've grown accustomed to having these labels and, and having processed foods. You can't even pronounce some of the stuff that's even in the food, but what's happened is that the food industry has been able to make those foods cheaper and less expensive making real food seem expensive, right? But what we're missing out on is that the health part of it, right? Keeping you healthy, whereas the processed foods aren't really going to keep you healthy and give you the energy that you want. So you mentioned kind of organic. Do you have to buy like all organic or which foods are best to buy organic? Or like, what do you recommend when it kind of comes to actual real food? Because I think, and we kind of had this conversation before this podcast started a couple of days ago and we even said, you know, there's, I think there's misinformation about what actually organic is and it doesn't even matter. Like, are they just saying yeah. that to get you to buy it? You know? Yeah. Unfortunately it's, it's, you know, yeah, there are today like organic standards, of course, they're going to be higher and there are certain, there are certain attributes to organic food that are good, but it goes back to clarity. What I was just saying is like being clear on what you need definitely helps in terms of reducing the budget. Cause then you know what to say no to. Right. But then off of that is if you know what to eat, but then you also understand like what is available to your family, this becomes like a really one, two powerful punch because now you're like, okay, we know what to buy and this is how much we have allotted to that. So now, oh great, we can buy some organic in this jar per se. Great. But if not, that's not an issue because I think one big thing to understand is balance is so much more better than any one food ingredient. Yeah. Although we're marketed very differently to that. Right? right. Right. And so the key is, okay, if we know what we need to buy and we know balance is super important and this is what's available to us as a family, then you can still buy the balance of just real simple food. And it doesn't have to be all organic because the most important thing for you and everyone in your family is getting the proper balance as we say, versus, okay, we're going to try to buy all organic and all these different types of food, but maybe it's already in the wrong balance anyway. So we're buying all this expensive food that actually doesn't move the needle in terms of our health. 
Right. 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 So it's kind of getting everything kind of just to gel together. Right. I'm yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So what about, and this is where I get confused. Um, I've, I've never really gotten into, well, maybe more natural and whole wheat for sure, but like superfoods or even like supplements, things like that. Can you, can you share a little bit about that? You know, if, if you want to get healthier, obviously there's people out there, you know, we're going to be, you know, this is airing the early part of November and about, you know, month and a half, everyone's going to have that new year's resolution of I'm going to get healthy. Right. And, and I think some people fall into this, that they, that they have to buy some of these supplements or these, these things. Is that, is that the case or what's kind of the story around those? I would just say, think about logic. Just take a step back and say, logically, our bodies are natural organisms. They are, right? There's, we're not made out of synthetic parts or pieces. We are natural organisms. And if you ask yourself the question, what does a natural organism work best with in terms of inputs? What's going to be natural? Yeah. Uh, natural, like inputs. Right. Food. Food. <laughs> food that's grown in the ground or food that's grown on a tree and food that's, you know, eats the grass on the meadows. Like those are the best inputs that you're going to have for your body in terms of creating the health results that you want. But the key is today, it goes back to that not one individual ingredient is what's important, but the balance is, yeah, getting real food is key, but also getting it in the proper balance because, you know, pineapples are great. They're healthy for you. But if you ate strictly pineapples, you would die. You would literally die. So it is that idea of, yeah, we work best with natural inputs, but it's that proper balance that's going to give everyone in your family um, all the things they need so that they can survive and thrive. I got a question for you as I was thinking about this. You know, when you talk about these 90 nutrients that we need, can you give me just an idea, a scope of what types of foods are included in all that? You talk about, you know, we're talking about real food, like in your house, like what kinds of things are you guys buying and bringing in? Yeah, we're buying fresh meat. We're buying fresh seasonal fruit. Uh, we're buying, um, you know, leafy green vegetables. And I mean, just everything that, I mean, if you were to think about like, where is food grown? Well, it's grown on the ground. It's grown on farms. And I mean, you know, these are, it's just looking back, like, can this be, I guess one simple rule is, can this be void of any factory before it gets to me? Right. And if that's the case, then you're in, you're, you're good. You're good. Because if it has to go to a factory and has to go through some processes before it lands on your plate, then probably not going to be the best for you. Good stuff. Good stuff. What about, cause you mentioned, you know, taking a break and last question, I know I didn't give you this one, but I'm going to ask you anyways, when, when it comes to like, for instance, you said going out to your favorite restaurant, like if, if mm-hmm. you are doing this, like are people able to still go out to restaurants? I mean, what would you recommend if they're pulling from these four jars? Like, like what's reasonable? Yeah, no, I think, you know, people might come to my Facebook page afterwards and you probably looked at some of my Facebook page, but we love going out as a family. We, we love to go out as a family because I think as we travel, we love to experience food, food and culture. And it's really looking at, you're able to go out now because you have the lens, and it's just like glasses. Maybe you have the wrong prescription and everything's fuzzy and you can't see things. But then all of a sudden you get the right prescription, the right balance, and then you see things clearly. And that's the same thing with food because today in the world, there are such amazing things happening with food and people are cooking it in a way that can serve our bodies. But you just need that proper lens 
so that you can see food properly. So it doesn't matter if you're going out, say, to a fine restaurant or even just a restaurant in a mall. As long as you have this lens to see the food in the four jars, say, oh, okay, like, yeah, I could do this and this combined together. And yeah, this can combine to give my body everything it needs. Yeah, I love that. And what I love about what you guys are doing, and I think, again, it's so parallel to the financial industry. I think, you know, here in the United States, I mean, financial education is just it's just not taught very often. And I think that's why a lot of people are struggling. That's why there's a lot of misinformation. That's why a lot of people are not doing well. Uh, because they're doing what people who are making money are saying them they should do, right? And I think yeah. the food industry is the same thing. I think what you guys are doing is awesome because you're teaching people how to eat right, how to live a healthier life, and and be able, be able to also do it on on a budget. And you don't have to spend a ridiculous amount of money to be able to uh, eat healthy and, and live the life that you want. So that's awesome. Great stuff, Jess. So where can people find more information about you and how can they get more help with what you're helping with other people yeah. So first is, let me just, I think what you said at the end was powerful about how debt and how food are so parallel. And one of our uh, amazing people that we've helped, they told us this quote that's always rang and resonated with me is we've never been taught how to eat. We've just been told not to eat. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. And if you think about it, it is so true. Like we've never been taught like, well, this is what you eat and this is how you eat it. It's just don't eat it. Eat less of it. <laughs> yeah. Eat less of this, eat more of that. Right. It's in, right. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So I, I love that. And yeah, there are so many parallels. So, but if you want to find out more, uh, my name is Jess Kummerlin, uh, and I think you'll see my name within the podcast area and you could just search me on Facebook and you'll see more information once you get to my personal page. But then also I'm going to give a link to Brad that's going to take you to um, our workshop that just explains what we're talking about on the basic level, you know, what to eat, what not to eat, the four jars framework, the balance. And of course, the most important part that, you know, your questions today were around meal planning. What's a system that we could use that's easy and we can implement within a hectic schedule. And um, I'll provide that link so that people get, get more information there. Awesome. Jess, hey, man, thanks for hanging out with us here today and uh, dropping that knowledge on us. I appreciate it, man. No, of course, Brad. Thanks for having me. Hey, hey, what's this I see? I thought this was a party. Let's do All right, all right. That sound means it's time for the celebrations of the show. And today we're kicking it off with Lynn Vonderhoe. She is grateful for the emergency fund, getting new tires on our wheelchair accessible van and found out the ball joints are bad as well. The emergency fund is allowing us to replace all four without stressing, which is awesome. And that's what that emergency fund is all about. Great job. Sam Lamb, one of our credit cards that was originally $7,630 at the beginning of this year was paid off this month. That is awesome. $7,630 at the beginning of the year and it's gone. That's that's incredible. That's great. Great job. Uh, Mary Southard sold a couple items on eBay. That's $18.98 towards debt. Yep, absolutely. I love that too because... A lot of us, you know, you got a lot of stuff just hanging around in your house. And what more do you have better to do right now with this virus going on than just selling a bunch of stuff? Uh, Mary's been doing that week, week in and week out. That's awesome. Shelly Caldwell got two unexpected new clients for her dog training, which meant 
an extra $120 towards bills. That's awesome. Great job. Jessica Rose added $400 to savings from my paycheck yesterday, she says. Awesome. Way to go, Jessica. And Cindy McBurney, my win. I survived Amazon Prime Days without ordering anything. <laughs> That's incredible. Hey, did you guys survive Amazon Prime Day? I didn't find anything good, so... I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I bought one thing. I bought a dog crate. That was the only thing <laughs> that I bought. And it was on sale. And uh, I did have it in the budget. And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to check Amazon Prime and, and see. And, and it just happened to be Amazon Prime Day. And I saved like, I don't know, like 15% on it. So it worked out pretty good. But great job, everybody. And if you are out there working hard on getting out of debt, congratulations to you as well. And thanks for hanging out with us here today. We love your feedback and it also helps us grow our podcast. So please leave us an honest review. We read every single one of those. And as you know, the Debt Free Dad podcast is here to help you live a happier and stress-free financial life. So if you know someone who could benefit from our show, please give us a share. We appreciate you and we will see you on an upcoming episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast. For more free resources to kick debt and financial stress, head over to therealdebtfreedad.com.